<laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I want you to go with me this morning to Psalm chapter 8. And as you're turning there, let me just, let's pray and then we'll get into it. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for this opportunity and this honor to preach and teach your word. I believe the anointing is upon my life to preach it. And the anointing is upon these people to receive it. And Lord, by your grace, we're not just going to be hearers in this room, but we're going to be doers of the word of God. Because we are doers of the word, we fully expect to be blessed because you said it in your word. We thank you for this now in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. As you're turning to Psalm 8, I want to remind you a little bit about what we began to minister to you a few weeks ago. We began by talking about the greatest, the greatest victory of all time. Jesus' victory over the devil and over death, hell, and the grave. And I asked a simple question. What kind of trophy did Jesus receive for his victory? And the Bible says this, you can just look up here, 2 Corinthians 2.14 from the Amplified says, But thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumph. Don't you just love that word always? You know what the word always means? Always. Not most of the time, always. Glory to God. Listen, if you'll just simply learn to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, follow the path that God has set before you to be on, The Bible says that he will always cause us to triumph. I love winning. Asked my wife when we were dating and we were playing Uno and she came back after I was whooping her and she came back and beat me. I let her really, but I was just acting like I was mad. I threw the cards because I was not a happy camper. She should have known better than to beat me. Look at Christine's looking at me like, you got to be kidding me. But in Christ, in Jesus, oh, that's good news. He always causes us to triumph. Hallelujah. And then it goes on to say, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of Christ's victory And through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. Friends, we are the trophies of Christ's victory. You and me, you and me are the trophy that he received. Hallelujah. And as trophies of Christ's victory, we are to be a living testimony of our Lord and Savior's victory. And a testimony of the devil's eternal defeat. Glory to God. Doesn't that just kind of make you happy? We are to testify of our Lord and Savior's victory, the greatest victory of all time, we're the trophies. And we are to testify of the devil's eternal defeat. There is no way that the devil ever rise up again and beat Jesus, defeat God. Okay, I, I know that's just me maybe gets excited about that. But I like to know that the devil's never going to be able to overcome God. There's no possibility. It's an impossibility. He is defeated. He always will be defeated. And that's where we're supposed to do is go out and let our light shine and testify of his defeat. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now we took some time and we went through the word of God and looked at several scriptures to speak. Of what Jesus accomplished when he whooped the devil. 
Oh, I love these, word, these scriptures. For example, we saw in Colossians 2.15. For time's sake, you can just look up here. I want to read this from the Passion Translation. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Glory to God. We also saw in Luke uh, 22, again from the Passion. But when one stronger, speaking of Jesus, than he, speaking of the devil, comes to attack and overpower him, the stronger one, Jesus, will empty the arsenal in which he, the devil, trusted. The conqueror will ransack his kingdom and distribute all the spoils of victory. Ha ha ha! First Corinthians 2, 6 from the Amplified says, Yet when we, were, we are among the full-grown, spiritually mature Christians who are ripe in understanding, we do impart a higher wisdom, the knowledge of the divine plan previously hidden. But it is indeed not a wisdom of this present age or of this world, nor of the leaders and rulers of this age who are being brought to nothing and are doomed to pass away. Glory to God. The devil has been brought to nothing, nada, zilch. And he and his cohorts are doomed to pass away. I was reading a verse in the psalm where God looks down and laughs at the devil. And all the devil's trying to do. He laughs at him. Glory to Jesus. Hebrews 2, 14 and 15 says this. From the Passion Translation, since all his children have flesh and blood, so Jesus became human to fully identify with us. He did this so that he could experience death and annihilate the effects of the intimidating accuser who holds against us the power of death. By embracing death, Jesus sets free those who live their entire lives in bondage by the tormenting dread of death. Hallelujah. The 20th century New Testament says, in order that by death he might render powerless him whose power lies in death, that is the devil. The Rotterdam translation says, Jesus paralyzed Satan's death-dealing power. Ha, ha, ha. Did you hear that? Jesus annihilated the effects of the intimidating accuser. Has the devil ever jumped on your shoulder and accused you? Said you're a sorry rascal. I know the mistakes you've made. I know what you just did. He's sitting there and he's trying to do what? He's trying to discourage you. He's trying to condemn you. He's trying you to give up and throw in the towel. That's when you need to rise up and say, no, my Jesus annihilated all of that junk. Hallelujah. It goes on. Jesus rendered the devil powerless. Stop and think about that. If you had to face somebody and they don't have any power whatsoever. Or, or, or better yet, Jesus paralyzed Satan's death-dealing power. I mean, would you be afraid of a paralyzed person? I know I wouldn't be. What could the 
paralyzed person do? Oh, they could bark at you. They could speak a bunch of stuff to you. But could they harm you? Stop and think about this. This is what Jesus did for you and me. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you what, this is such shouting grounds. These aren't things that are going to happen in the future, my friends. These things have already been accomplished. <laughs> I could go off on a totally different tangent right now. Why are so many Christians still living in defeat? If these things have already been done, if these things have already been accomplished, why are so many Christians still living in defeat and failure? Living from failure to failure instead of from glory to glory. First of all, it's because they don't have knowledge of this. They think the devil is greater than them. They, or, or, or maybe he's on the same playing field as them. What a stinking lie. You know, you've heard me say it before. The devil's under our feet. The devil's under our feet. I said the devil's under our feet. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 2, we've been made to sit with Christ in heavenly places. Jesus is sitting right now at the right hand of the Father, the highest position of authority in the universe. We've been made to sit right with him. The devil is under our feet. He is a defeated foe. Are you listening? He, his his death-dealing power has been paralyzed. Oh, he is now powerless to you and me. <coughs> Excuse me. Praise you, Jesus. Didn't this kind of get you a little stirred up? Oh, friends, why? Why, who, why did Jesus do all this? Did he do it for himself? No, he did it for you and me. Glory to God. And now we're called to go forth and testify. Of our Jesus' eternal victory and our enemy's eternal defeat. Glory to God. Now I want to move on this morning. I want to begin to give you three ways that we as trophies of Christ's victory can demonstrate to the world Jesus' victory and Satan's defeat. Number one, we have got to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God and live and reign on this earth as kings and priests. Did you hear that? We're called to rise up in the power of the Holy Spirit and the anointing of God. And live and reign on this earth as kings and priests. Now to get a better understanding of what I'm saying here. I think I told you to turn to Psalm 8, didn't I? We need to understand one of the main reasons God created us. I believe the ultimate reason God created us was for fellowship. He wanted people, someone to fellowship with. And he wanted a family. That's you and me, glory to God. But there's another reason God placed us on this earth. Here in Psalm 8, and, and we'll see in Genesis 1 as well, there's a big reason God put us here. Listen to this. I'm going to read it from the New Living Translation. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Your glory is higher than the heavens. You have taught children and infants to tell of your strength, silencing your enemies and all who oppose you. When I look at the night sky and see the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars you set in place, what are people that you just think about them? Mere mortals that you should take care of them. 
Yet, verse 5, you made them only a little lower than God. Crowned them with glory and honor. You gave them charge of everything you made. Putting all things under their authority. The flocks and the herds and all the wild animals. The birds in the sky. The fish in the sea. Everything that swims the ocean currents. O Lord, our Lord, your majestic name fills the earth. Now, in Genesis 1, you can turn there quickly or just look up here. Again, I want to read this from the New Living Translation. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like ourselves. They will reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth, and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and govern it. Reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, all the animals that scurry along the ground. So what was one of the main reasons God created humans? What was his purpose for putting us on this planet? God made man to have authority, to have dominion. He made man to rule and reign upon this earth and over everything on this earth. In other words, there was nothing here on this earth. That mankind didn't have authority over, including the devil. That's the way God originally created it to be. I want you to say this with me this morning. God made me to have dominion and authority. I was created to rule and reign. But something happened, didn't it? Go with me, first of all, to Luke chapter 4. And I know this is stuff most of you are familiar with. But I want to remind you of these things and stir you up this morning. Luke 4 verse 1 says, Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being tempted for 40 days by the devil. And in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had ended, he was hungry. And the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become bread. But Jesus answered him, saying, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then the devil, taking him up on the high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give you, and their glory. For this has been delivered to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered and said to him, Get behind me, Satan. For it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. Now look at verse 5 and 6 again. Then the devil, taking him up on high, on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, All this authority I will give to you. And their glory. For this has been delivered to me. I give it to whomever I wish. So is what the devil's saying here true? No. The devil's a liar. He didn't have all the authority like he said he did. Then why was Jesus tempted by it? 
Why didn't Jesus just say to him, I rebuke you, Satan, you liar. You didn't, you don't have all the authority like you say you do. But that's not how he responds, is it? He said, get behind me, Satan. Why? Because, now get this, Jesus was tempted. Boy, if you went into a lot of churches and said something like that today, people start throwing stuff at you. Jesus was tempted. Stop and think about it. Here's Jesus, soon to be crowned the King of kings and the Lord of lords, right? So what was his destiny? To rule and reign over all the kingdoms in the earth. Is that not true? So, so when the devil offered him all of this authority, guess what? It had a pull on him. Now, I realize that's a hard pill for a lot of people to swallow, that Jesus was actually tempted. But we need to always remember, and this is so important, get this. It's not a sin to be tempted. Did you hear what I just said? It's not a sin to be tempted. It's only a sin if we yield to the temptation. And in this case, Jesus didn't yield to it, did he? No, his response was, get behind me, Satan. I worship the Lord, and him only do I worship. Now, I want you to look again in verse 6. The devil said to him, all this authority I will give you in their glory, for this has been delivered to me. It's been turned over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. So who was it that turned this authority over to Satan? Was it God? Well, unfortunately, there are a whole lot of Christians out there who believe that way. They believe that the devil is God's whipping boy, so to speak. In other words, that God uses him to teach us stuff. I want to tell you a little secret. And you've heard me say this before. If God and the devil are on the same team, we've had it. Could you imagine going to God and saying, hey, God, the devil's out to get me. He's trying to kill me. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. And have God reply, I know. I told him to do it. What in the world are you going to do then? Who are you going to turn to? What's so sad is that there's ministers out there. Probably this very morning teaching that God is using the devil and demons. And God is using sickness and disease. And God is using poverty and lack. And God is using tornadoes and hurricanes and earthquakes to teach us. To teach us. God's very own children something. What a bunch of hogwash. That's what the religious leaders of Jesus' day tried to tell Jesus. That he was casting out demons with the help of Beelzebub, the prince of demons. And Jesus said to them when they accused him, yep, I sure am. Me and the devil are on the same team. No. He said in Matthew 12, 26, if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And then he goes on to say in verse 28, I cast out demons by the Spirit of God. Surely the kingdom of God has come upon you. So no, friends, God and the devil are not on the same team. The devil is God's enemy. And I might add, as we've already seen in this study, he's God's eternally defeated enemy. He's not working with God. 
He's out to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus has come to bring life. And life more abundantly. Bottom line, there are two camps out there. There's the kingdom of darkness. There's the kingdom of light. There's the kingdom of Satan and the kingdom of God. The devil and his demons and God and his angels. And they are not working together. God does not need to use the devil to teach us anything. Amen. That's why he's given us his word. And he's given us his spirit to teach us everything we'll ever need to know to live victoriously on this earth. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So from the beginning of creation, God gave dominion over the earth to mankind. But somehow the devil ends up with it. How could that possibly happen? How did all the authority that had been given to Adam end up in the hands of the devil? Go with me to Romans chapter 5 this morning, and we'll look and see what the Bible says. I know you already know what the answer is, but this is where you need to say, Lord, I want to see it afresh and anew. Teach me something I've never seen before. Open my eyes to new revelation, amen. Romans chapter 5, beginning in verse 12. Therefore, just as through one man, speaking of Adam, sin entered the world, And death through sin, and thus death spread to all men, because all sinned. Verse 13, for until the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed where there is no law. Nevertheless, death did what? Reigned. Who had the power of death? We've seen in Hebrews, it talks about how Jesus destroyed him who had the power of death, the devil. So when you say that death reigned, that's the same thing as saying the devil was reigning. How many know that the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the devil is called the God of this world? So this happened from Adam to Moses, even over those who had not sinned according to the likeness of the transgression of Adam, who is a type of him who is to come. So once again, Adam was given the authority to rule and reign upon the earth, correct? Correct. But he bowed his knee to the enemy when he yielded to the temptation to sin. He yielded to the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and to the pride of life. He entered into sin in the very moment he entered into sin. That's when he turned all that authority that God had given to him over to the devil. And that's what Satan was talking about when he was there in Luke. When he was talking to Jesus in Luke 4. But thank God that's not the end of the story, is it? I said that's not the end of the story. There was another man. The second Adam. Jesus Christ. Where the first Adam failed to do what was needed to do, the second Adam succeeded at it. Where the first Adam said yes to sin and brought death into this world, the second Adam said no and it brought justification to all men who would believe on him. Ha, ha, ha. Verse 15 says, But the free gift is not like the offense. For if by the one man's offense many died, much more the grace of God and the gift by the grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded to many. And the gift is not like that which came through the one who sinned. For the judgment which came from one offense 
resulted in condemnation. But the free gift, which came from many offenses, resulted in justification. I sure hope you wore your shouting clothes. I love this scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. For if by one man's offense, death reigned through the one, much more. Everybody say much more. Much more. Much more. Those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one. Jesus Christ. The Amplified says it this way. For if because of one man's trespass, lapse, offense, death reigned through that one, much more surely were those who received God's overflowing grace, his unmerited favor, and the free gift of righteousness, putting in the, them into right standing with himself, reign as kings in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. How many of you have received God's overflowing grace how many of you received the free gift of righteousness then what are we supposed to be doing according to this verse reigning as kings in this life through the one man jesus christ not when we get to the sweet by and by but right now here in this life as children of the most high god as believers we're called to rule and reign in this life Adam sinned, and the result was he turned over the authority God had given him to Satan. And, and, and as I just said, in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, the Bible calls the devil the God of this world, and that's why we see so much death and destruction in this world today. That's why there's so much sickness and disease, so much perversion and corruption, so much oppression and depression in this world. It's not because God is trying to teach us something. It's because the devil has the legal right to be here because of Adam's sin. And he is only about killing, stealing, and destroying. But friends, get this, his time is almost up. I said his time is almost up. And all of a sudden, what's going to happen? It's a big old angel is going to come and grab that stinking devil, put him in chains, throw him into a bottomless pit where he will remain. Until finally he will be loosed at one point, and then God, Jesus will speak from, forth from his mouth, and he will end up in the lake of fire where he will burn forever. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. His time is short. I believe it's now shorter. Well, of course, it's shorter than it's ever been. Every day we live, it's shorter than it was before. <laughs> but I, I, I really believe that he's coming back soon. There's so many things going on in this world. I don't even have to get off into it. But you can just go look at headlines and you're looking at something. You're going, oh my goodness gracious. I cannot believe this. I can't believe that's happening. I can't believe that. How can people not see it? I heard a newscaster the other, say, the other day say that things are happening right now. Things are going on in this world. People are calling evil good and good evil. Light, darkness, and darkness, light. I just said you just quoted the Bible. Isaiah chapter 5. It's happening. It's going on. It's, it's like, <laughs> I think it was last night or the night before, my, uh, my beautiful wife says, why can't they just see it? It's right there before them. It's so easy to see. They can, can, can't, why can't they see that they're lying? And I said, welcome to the world that we live in. There is such great deception happening right now. Great deception happening in this world. 
That's why, again, we've got to remind ourselves we are not of this world. We're in this world, but we're not of it. We're called to go out and what? Let our light shine before all men. Amen. And listen, when you see the truth, do not sit there and back away from that. And listen also, do not... It gets under my crawl when I hear ministers of the gospel sit up there and try to, to uh, what's the word, rationalize what the, these people over here are saying and what they believe in. We're not called to rationalize what the Bible says. We're called to preach the gospel. And if the Bible said it, guess what? That means it's so. It's truth. It's absolute truth. I don't care what people are saying. I don't care if they're saying, this is our society is evolving. Yay. What a bunch of hogwash. What a lie straight from the pit of hell. There is truth and there is lie. There is light and there is darkness. Do not be confused with which one is which. It's very easy. Go into a dark place. Guess what? That's called darkness. And look, we're in the light. There's not anything to be confused about. But you know, and I I, I don't know, but I just was reminded of this. It's what's so amazing to me. And again, I'm not trying to come against you young people when I say this. But it's amazing how today, how words have been twisted to mean something that they don't mean. Like when something is really cool or it looks really nice. Ooh, that's sick. And it's like I'm going, that's, it, it, they don't, I, I don't think they comprehend, fully understand. And actually, I even found myself, because I'd heard it so much, I said it one time. And when I said it, it man, it grieved my spirit big time. And again, I'm not condemning people because I'm, I'm saying this. I'm just, I want you to catch this. The word wicked means twisted. Wicker, wicker chair, twisted. And what's happening is people are saying things that mean the opposite of what that really means. Hello? That's all I'm trying to get across. And, and if you really study the Bible and you get to know the, what the Bible says, you're going to come to find out you, what you say from your mouth is of such importance. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Just saying, just saying, just saying, just saying. All right, that was all for free this morning. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now listen, in the meantime, until Jesus comes back for us or we go the way of the grave, whichever happens, it don't matter. Whichever happens, it don't matter because glory to God, we belong to him. But while we're here and we remain on this earth, we're supposed to go forth as trophies of Christ's victory. And the devil's defeat. We are called to rule and reign in this life as kings or as queens, as royalty in this earth. Amen. We're called to reign over the devil and all of his cohorts. We're called to reign over darkness, the kingdom of darkness, and everything pertaining to the kingdom of darkness. We're called to rule over that. Go to uh, Revelation chapter 1. Can you stick with me? Are we good? How much more time I got? Three minutes? I want you to hear this. Revelation chapter 1 verse 4. Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. From the seven spirits who are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness. The firstborn from the dead and the ruler over the kings of the earth. 
to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Then in verse uh, Revelation 5, verses 9 and 10, For you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation and have made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Glory to God, our King, our Savior, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the one who has loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, has, has, past tense, has made us kings and priests unto our God. You are royalty. Everybody say, I'm royalty. You are a queen. You are a king. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Then notice what Jesus said in Luke 10, 19. Boy, I'm getting excited. This is such good news. Oh, I love this. We are called to rule and reign on this earth, guys. We're called to rule and reign on this earth. You and me are called to rule and reign on this earth. Catch what I'm saying here. You're called to rule and reign on this earth. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Jesus said this in Luke 10, 19. Behold. I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. That's referring to devils and demons. And over all the power of the enemy. Everybody say all. You have authority over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall by any means hurt you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. So if something's been hurting you, what does that mean? You're not operating in the authority that Jesus Christ has given to you. Catch this. Oh my goodness, this is such important. Does this verse belong to us today? Has Jesus given us authority over all the power of the enemy? To heal the sick. To deliver the bound. To cast out demons. You better believe it. Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our glorious King has authorized us to rule and reign in this life. He's given us the authority over the devil and over demons. There isn't anything the devil can throw at you and me that we don't have authority over it. That we can't overcome it. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 28. A lot of scriptures. But this is, I want this to get solidified in your lives. I want this to get into your heart. I want this to become such revelation to you that when the devil comes against you, you rise up and stand up and say, no, I'm not going to have it in my family. It's time to get up and start being who you were created to be. You're a child of God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. This is right after Jesus had been crucified and raised from the dead. Verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, All authority, not most, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Jesus was given all this authority. All right? Verse 19, notice what happens. Go therefore. Go therefore. You go therefore. 
Make all disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. How many understand what just happened here? God gave man dominion on the earth, but man turned it over to the enemy. But then the man, Jesus Christ, came and he whipped the devil. He spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them right in the very heart of the earth. He got the keys of death, hell, and the grave. And he arose triumphant over death. And then Jesus said to his disciples, hey, I got it back. The authority that you turned over to them, I got it back. Now, I'm telling you to take this authority and go. Into all the earth. Make disciples of all men. Let them know they don't have to live a life where the devil's running roughshod over them. That they can stand up and sell the devil to get out of their lives. And he must obey them. Oh, thank you. Oh, glory to God. Woo. Man, if I was playing football right now, I'd be pumped up. <laughs> Jesus has authorized us to go in his place. Get that. You need to realize that Jesus didn't get this authority for himself. He didn't need it. He didn't need it. He wasn't experiencing any of the curse up in heaven. He wasn't having demons and devils coming against his life up in heaven. He didn't need to do this. Well, who did he do it for? For you and me. He did it for us. He restored to us the way it was supposed to be. Now, by the Spirit of the living God, and because of this wonderful word, we're getting the revelation that we are new creations in Christ Jesus, that the old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Jesus has come to give us life and life more abundantly. And now we are supposed to rule and reign in this earth. I am royalty. You and you and you and you are royalty. Oh, we're going to get into how does royalty rule. We're going to get into that. But let me close with this. Mark 16. This is all the great commission here. And Jesus said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. Stop. Do you believe? Are you a believer in Jesus? Then these signs are supposed to be following you, accompanying you wherever you go. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will speak with new tongues. In my name, they will take up serpents. If they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt, hurt them. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Glory to God. Friends, do you mean to tell me that we've been authorized and empowered by the Lord Jesus Christ to preach the gospel message, to cast out demons, and to heal the sick? Absolutely. Glory. Oh, everything that Adam turned over to the devil in the Garden of 
eaten, Jesus got it back. Mm. And now he's turned around and authorized you and me to go in his name, cast out demons, heal the sick. Don't let the devil run roughshod over you or your family. You got to get serious about this. When any form of darkness starts to come into your family, into your house, don't just sit there and receive it. You have authority over it. Be bold. You're children of the Most High God. I, that was one of the things I was saying yesterday over and over. I'm a child of God. 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 I am His child. I'm a child of God. That makes me. And I'm going to rule and reign in this earth. How about you? Do you want to testify of Jesus' eternal victory? You want to testify of Satan's eternal defeat? You want to go forth as a trophy of Christ's victory over the devil? Then you need to rule and reign in this life. You have been authorized to do so. Amen? Oh, glory. Can you tell when you're studying this what this does? It gets me on. I mean, I've done a whole teaching. I think it was like. I don't remember how many, 14, 15 uh, sessions on teaching about ruling and reigning in life. I was going back and I said, oh man, I could just do this whole teaching again. But I'm going like, God, this isn't what you want me to do. You want me to teach on this? But there, I would encourage you. I don't even know if it's up on our webpage or not. Go look that up and study it out. We have been delegated the right, the legal right to use his name. And at his name, everything shall bow. We have been given the right to resist the devil, and he will flee from you and me. Oh, thank you, Jesus. In other words, we don't have to ask God to do it for us. We've been authorized to do it. Well, see what I'm trying to get you to catch? Get the revelation. God's already empowered you. God's already authorized you. You. Everybody say me. You. Hallelujah. What? I tell you, I tell you, I tell you. You know, as a Christian, I, I'm just going to be real. It's time for us as Christians to stop going to everybody and crying about how de the devil's been doing bad things to us. When you just don't know how bad things have been. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to tell you is the fact that you're a child of God. It's time for you to put your big boy pants on or your big girl pants on. Stomp your foot and tell the devil to go. You're a child of God. I'm a child of God. I am a king. You are a queen. Amen. You're kings. You're queens. Let's be who God created us to be. Let's, I mean, what a testimony to this world of our Jesus' victory and our devil's defeat. Amen. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Can you see where this is getting me excited? Hmm. I tell you what. I, I'm trusting him for greater revelation. Again, that was one of the things I was saying. God, I want, I want greater revelation. 
I want to know this in a greater way. I want, I want this to become even more real to me. I don't want to read the Bible with the, the thinking, oh, I already know that. I don't ever want to approach the word that way. I want to approach the word reverently and expectantly, expecting the Holy Spirit, my teacher, to show me more because I know I'm not where I'm supposed to be yet. But glory to God, I'm on my way. From glory to glory to glory to glory, I'm being transformed into His image. Hallelujah. The image of Jesus. Woo! I could go for a belly bob, but I won't. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Bow your heads with me, please. Thank you, Jesus. I trust you got something this morning. I know I'm shouting a lot, and I'm not trying to shout so much, but I can't help it. This is such good news.